This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 187, the one where we die, sponsored by InStock Trades and Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash iFanboy for your free audiobook download. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 187. Apparently not where we die, but where we get killed. That's a, that's the difference. Uh, Murder! <laughs> yeah, the Popo was called out a homicide. <laughs> My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And the the irredeemable Josh Flanagan. You feel me? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we are from iFanboy.com, which is a website all about comics, uh, where we read a lot of comics, and every week uh, we read a bunch of comics that come out, and one of us picks the best one that we thought from the comics that we read and makes it the pick of the week, writes a review of it on iFanboy.com, and then we come up, come back here on the podcast and talk about it, as well as other books of note. Um, but before we get into the pick of the week, just want to warn you that uh, this is a review show, so we're going to be talking about what happens in the books. So we might spoil some things, we might reveal some things, so if you haven't read your books, you might want to press pause, go read them, come back, or listen and get things spoiled for you. It's up to you. It's your choice. Um, but this week, Josh has the pick, so let it go, Josh. All right, all right. Let's see. Uh, this was a, a big old week of comic books for me. I don't know how, how, big, how big y'all's stack was. It was a big week. 
But uh, and also, I read a lot of really good books. I, I mean, I, I wasn't I was handing out fives left and right, but I lost. Hey, Josh is back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought that I'd lost connection there. No, no I, I I had a lot of books, and and I'll tell you the the pick of the week uh, changed around a lot. It was it, it was it was at least three different books at three different times. Um, you know, and, and what happened was I left Batman and Robin to the very end, uh, Batman and Robin number one by Graham Morrison and Frank Whiteley, um, from DC comics. Uh, you know, I almost didn't buy this book. Um, well, it's I'll, funny cause when, when, when these were first announced, you said you weren't going to buy it. You weren't interested in any of them. And I said, even the bat, even the Morrison Quietly book. And you said, nah. So in the back of my head, you weren't buying it because I didn't, I didn't look at your pull list. So after I read it, I immediately started emailing you. And mm-hmm. I was halfway into the email, and I thought, well, let me just check to make sure he didn't buy it. And I saw you did pull it, so I deleted the email. and just oh. I, I was going to say, you have to buy this book. Well, I'll tell you why I didn't buy it. Um, did and buy it was because – or why I, did, why I wasn't going to buy it. A, the big selling point for the book that, that I heard over and over again was, this is like the 60s show. Now, that is not – wasn't interesting to me. Um, for whatever reason. And what's funny is that when reading it, I never thought that once. I can see how it is now, but it doesn't mean that in a negative way at all. There's nothing kitschy or campy about it, really, that I thought of. Uh, two, just I didn't really enjoy his Batman run all that much. You know, I thought I, I liked parts of it. I can see the skill of it, but, you know, it wasn't my thing. And I just thought, yeah, you know, maybe I just won't read this. Um, I'm glad I didn't listen to me, basically. Uh, after I read it, I was... As I was reading through it, I kept seeing things that I was like, oh, that's really cool, and this is good, and that's good. And like, by the end, I had such a list of things that I was thinking about, and that were, I was like, oh, wait, this just became the pick of the week. Like, it, it kind of didn't occur to me, but when I looked at it compared to everything else I read, you know, it was, it was a straight answer just because, you know, for one thing, I don't think that I had realized um, sort of how stale – that's not even the right word, but it, it made – the regular old Batman, Bruce Wayne stuff feel kind of stale because it was it was new. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was Dick Grayson and and Damian Wayne it, like it was a new relationship and new stuff, but all within the familiar confines of stuff that we understood. And Alfred was still there as like the constant, and and then the stuff with the villain was really interesting. And it was just there was so many things. I was like, this is this is just so much fun. It's great. I thought you did a really good job in your review of uh, talking about the different things about this that were really strong mm-hmm. and. One of the main thing, which is what you just said, was this is a new Batman and Robin that we've obviously never seen before. But this relationship is new. It's a new. It's not any kind of Batman and Robin we've ever seen before. It's not a dynamic we've ever seen. It's an interesting one. It's a very interesting one. It really I, is. And, and you know, you know, right on the surface, like a character like Damien, and I heard this from a lot of people, and I, and I understand it. A lot of people was like, well, I don't really like that character. Yeah, but a you're lot not of supposed times, to. No, you're not supposed to. I even I've been reading the first Starman again. Jack Knight's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like he's a horrible. Like, but that's why you're watching this. You're watching to see what happens. And the whole time, like, Damien is being really rude to Dick and and, and Alfred. But so, yeah, someone needs to show some respect to Alfred. That's for sure. True, but but like, <laughs> no. The whole point is he was he was he was raised differently. Yeah, and he he treats Alfred the way. And this is, not a, this, is, this is not a. This is not a. Yeah, he's a, he's a, how most people I know who are super rich treat people who are beneath them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it's more realistic than that. Like Dick was not raised, he but he came as our fully fully formed person to the to the fold. He he was not raised rich, mm-hmm. and Tim wasn't raised rich. Bruce was, but Bruce had something else. Bruce had had a father in Alfred, but Damien comes at this as a person who was raised as a rich aristocrat, mm-hmm. and that's how he treats Alfred. And that was a be- beautiful bit of characterization on Grant Morrison's part. Totally, yeah, and, 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 and it was really quick and subtle, and you totally understood the character just from that exchange. Like when he said that'll be all Pennyworth, I was like, ah. You know, so so I mean, I, I totally see. Like, you're not like I don't think you're supposed to like the character Damien, but over time, I imagine we'll see how he settles down and you know, and and hopefully gets comfortable with the whole family dynamic aspect of it. You know, it, like the best parts of this for me, my favorite. Then there were a lot. Like, it wasn't a comic that felt like it took me forever to read or anything, but like the scene between Damien and Alfred was great. The scene between Alfred and Dick were great. The scenes between you know Dick and Damien were awesome. And then at the end, they throw in this whole other. Super creepy villain. Super, Super creepy. creepy. Super creepy. <laughs> yeah, but but even like but even the one panel like where it was like they're about to fly off and you just hear crime is doomed. I was like, I don't know why, but that was an awesome panel. You know what this was? I was about three or four pages in and I went, oh, it's All Star Superman with Grant Morrison. It is. Oh yes. Yeah, it's All Star Batman. It's All Star Batman. You mean right? Right, but no, but I mean, it's it's, it's he wrote All Star Superman differently than he wrote Final Crisis and he wrote Batman R.I.P. It's a different right. style of storytelling. He's 
in that he's in the Superman style here, and I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And I knew like I knew from the first scene that we were in for we were in for it. And it was going to be a disappointment. So now now um, this, th- this is in continuity though. I mean yeah. that was the one yeah. thing. I mean I thought I was under the impression that this wasn't this was going to be like an all star Batman type thing, but this is totally straight up in continuity. Yep. Hey uh, hey Ron, how did you feel about the cutaway of the uh, Wayne Tower? Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, I bet loved you it. did. <laughs> I, it's funny. I saw that page and I went, "Wow, I, I wish I wish Ron had bought this because I knew you'd love that." Page, I bought it. But... I totally bought it. I gave it a shot. I, mean, I know, it's... but I didn't. I didn't know that at the time. But yeah. when I was reading it, I thought, "Oh yeah." I no, when I saw to... when I saw the cutaway, like even as subtle as like the little fountain in front of the building, and then all the different light level. Oh, it was great. And the little, the little bat. The the they see there's a railroad track, like the bat subway. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it. I think. Oh, that's awesome. So. <laughs> uh, the art, the art, the art's really good. It's interesting because it's a different style. That you also mentioned this in your review, Josh. That yeah. it's a different style than also Superman in that. He did a more ethereal, um, majestic style of Superman. And here it it's gritty. gritty. It's, like, it's, this is this is more cross hatching. It's, it's 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 dark. It's darker almost in his style in Superman. Yeah, and, and it's funny because this week I I heard a lot about people. You know, you you either love or you hate Frank Whiteley, and I, and I hear people's um, I guess the the their criticisms of his work is that he makes people look kind of weird, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with that. I guess in just I just don't care. For whatever reason, whatever that intangible flavor of Frank Whiteley is, I I just love it. Like it, it just is so cool. I mean, I, honestly, um, like I didn't really. I, I was really impressed by the art, and I didn't really see the typical Frank Whiteley until the last two pages, um, and mainly the close up on the girl while the pig guy is doing what he's doing. Like that's a Frank Whiteley face, and like yeah. that was yep. the first that was the first appearance of it in the entire issue. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, like, I don't I think he makes his characters look weird. I think he gives them unique faces. I think Damien looks unique. He yeah. doesn't look like here. You don't. You wouldn't mix them up. They don't look like dudes with dark hair. They have different, different, different faces. Oh, um, face. and, you were, and you were right about the backgrounds. He really fills this up. Whereas Superman had a lot of empty space in the background. This is yeah. full of detail. Superman was very, very airy, um, and this was, you know, it was in a place like it was grounded in in, in, a, in a reality in a in a, in a you know real space. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just there was nothing I didn't like about this, and. You know, I think one of the things that impresses me is that there's all this talk about the different Grant Morrisons, and this is this is another kind. This is like a different kind. Like he can do all sorts of different kinds of stories, and they appeal to different people. And this was I was I didn't even know it, but I was in the mood for this. Right. Um, and I was I was just really impressed. Well, it was, was really fun. That's I mean, it was fun yeah. at the end of the day. It was, there was a lot of good stuff about it, but it was also just a really it was that was the '60s element. I think was that it was it it was poppy in that it was. It was mostly fun. I mean, and the double yeah. punch and, and the and the sound effects that were contextual, which I like. I didn't but, even yeah. notice those until sort of later when I was looking through it again. When I was writing the review, and I was like, "Oh, look at all that stuff in there!" And it's, it's you know, it's not all that revolutionary. It's just that a letter is not putting it in. The, right. the artist is, you know. Yeah, no, but it was it was all. I mean, it was it was really fun. I really enjoyed. It. I liked I liked the flying Batmobile. I liked I liked everything about it. It was really enjoyable, you know. And I just was like, "Oh, that was that was good." And it was also really really efficient. Like there was a lot of ground covered in this time, in what didn't seem like a like a really long comic book, um, but I, it was it was just a great surprise, and I I hope for more of it like that. And I, uh, and I gotta say, like I'm not the Batman fan. I didn't read any of the RP stuff. I took this on a lark, and I I enjoyed it as well. I don't know if it was my pick, but it was <laughs> damn close. I mean, it was really good. I mean, everything, all the 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 design elements and the art and the layouts and everything were really impressive. And the story, knowing nothing about what happened before, I totally got it. You know, knowing vaguely that that Bruce Wayne was gone, that Dick was now Batman, like I totally picked up on that and i mean it, it this was quite good and i like the little preview of what's to come um, yep. the, i like i like that um i i got my question as to why robin has two capes answered because it's the black thing is a hood okay which is a nice design i like that a lot yeah which i'm totally fine with that's cool and um it looks like damien gets his butt kicked next issue so that's pretty fun yeah with the crowbar yeah that should be a good time <laughs> no i don't know if there's a crowbar but there's this... some there's some uh there's some little uh feet stomping going on there uh this has to be one of the biggest consensus among the i fan base and the person who had the pick yeah. in a while i mean i looked yeah. after i i hadn't looked at all and i wrote the review and i was like oh wow 80% yeah, I mean, I'm people, not people used to, to th- being agreed with. Yeah, people seem to think that we like try to pick what they're not going to pick, but no, it's, it's nothing. I mean, like it's it's it just happens to be that that you know we have different differing tastes, but it's it's when it's flat out that many people, it's, it's always kind of interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, um, and the, I guess the the next one, the, the the next thing that I heard the most from people about, and this was in the the spot for pick uh, for a little while, was uh, Chew Number One um, from yeah. Image Comics. Did you guys both pick this up? 
I did not. I wasn't originally, but I did. I ended up on, on, at the last moment because I, I saw the um, solicitation and it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I bought it. I re- really wasn't. It was like five minutes before I went to the store. I, I decided to get it. You it know, was I really, had, really good. Yeah, I, I had, seen, go I forgot I had seen a preview uh, in another image book sometime in the last month. And it was from like the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. So it had no context, and I was like, "That doesn't. I don't. What the hell is that's that?" That's one reason why I never read previews because it can go it can work both ways. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but I, I sort of picked it up on a lark because I just liked the way it looked. I liked the way it was designed. Um, and like I said, this I gave this one a five out of five too. This was I did, too, I did as well. This was totally a contender for pick of the week. Um, so, so what was it? I mean, like I, I heard a lot of buzz about it, but and I forgot to pick it up. I'm going to go back and pick it up. But what? What? Why was it so good? What is it? The story oh, is that in the future, uh, when uh, bird flu has gotten pervasive, so they they ban chicken, and poultry is illegal. Oh no! And so this is underground chicken, and and the, um, so these are the cops investigating people who are smuggling chicken or eating chicken at speakeasy restaurants, and and the main character is a what's the word sybopathic, f- which means when he eats things, he can see what what their history is. He knows where the foods come from, so he can't. He really doesn't eat food because it, he, he sees like the, the animals being slaughtered and stuff like that. His his uh, his yellow, as it were, is beets. He can eat right. beets, so that's all he eats. Because otherwise, he has like a you know. Remember, okay, remember the trivial psychic with Christopher Walken? Yes, it's like that. As soon as he touches the other food, like he's, he sees all the death and horrible shit that it's been through. So we can't eat any food except for beets. Oh, and so in this, fascinating. In the first issue, the first issue, these they're investigating a, a, a speakeasy restaurant that's serving chicken, and and then some stuff goes wrong, and um, uh, ends up where the F, in this in this world the FDA is just like the FBI, mm-hmm. the Food and Drug Administration. So um, it's it's there's a there's a lot of interesting parables between the drug the drugs and food here, and and fantastic art. Yeah, I love art in this. Yeah, it, was, it, got a little, it got a little dark at the end, which I didn't expect, which was nice because that was in the, that was in the um, solicitation. I didn't read the whole solicitation, and apparently they ruined the whole the whole dark thing at the end. But <laughs> it was a nice twist to come into. Uh, yeah, and like, I mean, the the tone is, it's sort of quirky, but at the same time, there's a real story going on. Um, the 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 writer is John Lehman, uh, who's done some indie comics, but he was also an editor at somewhere i forget where um it's just a it's, there's nothing else like this book right now it's it's i guess it's slightly supernatural but it's kind of a crime book in an alternate world it's like uh not science fiction but close to it <laughs> um yeah i mean they they you know they find some guy with 25 pounds of uncooked chicken you know it's yeah. like uncut cane and it's it's you know it's 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 an interesting it's funny and it's funny and dark but it's smart too and like he has a partner, and they hate each other. A little, the little, I will say, like the him and the partner for a little bit. Like I was almost annoyed because it was a little too quippy. But then they kind of called that out. Like, mm-hmm. why are you acting like this? This is stupid. Right. Um, there was, the, I thought, one of my favorite pages was the, um, the there was like a Food Network chef. Yeah. There's like a one, a one page sketch, and that's his brother. Yeah. Cop's brother. Cop's brother, and he's like on air trying to tell you how to make food, how to make. Uh, like food, but instead of using chicken, he has to use tofu. He's like, so normally this is where you put the chicken, but and then he kind of loses it, yeah. <laughs> and then he just breaks down. He's like, listen, <laughs> it's all a scam. We should have chicken back. And he there's goes, no bird flu. And then yeah. they go off the air, and then yeah. I will say <laughs> the the point in this comic book, and I don't want to spoil this for people because it's it's um, it, it's you can still go out there and get it. Um, and a lot of people probably haven't. Is that they <laughs> they bust into the kitchen at one point. And and something happens to his partner. Yeah, uh, and it made me go, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's 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 harsh. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is really fun, really original, really fun. I'm really glad I picked it up. It's got crime, but it's got goofy, sort of quirky, alternate reality stuff going on, and and uh, it's really really unique. I liked I liked this one a lot. Definitely worth a look at. Yeah. Um. The one other one that I guess I'm running this show right now. Uh, the yeah. one other one that was almost it was very early running for pick of the week was the Mighty Number no. Five. Um, this is written by Tomasi and Keith Champagne. I just keep uh, hearing good things about this title. You know really what? Good. Yeah, and it gets better. Uh, the the original artist on this was Peter Schnezberg. I love I, <laughs> I love love, that name. <laughs> love saying it. It's almost as good as Von Grawbadger, but not quite. <laughs> um, and this issue, I think uh, Chris Somney took over. Right, um, nice. and this was my favorite artwork of the week. I mean, this is a guy who, like, you see his name around a lot. Like, pros know him, but like, he doesn't have a big, um, 
I guess a big following, like, you know, not, not a big fan favorite, but uh, it's just a beautiful book. Like, it was one of the things that really impressed me. All sorts of great acting in it and all sorts. Of, and it is like he switched. You switched artists from the last one. But, you, but it was like, similar. The style was similar. And it wasn't that big of a change. Um, in fact, if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't notice it until probably about halfway through that it was a different artist. Yeah, but I, I, was, re- I was just really impressed by it. I was like, this is, this is great art in this book. Um, remember last time we were talking about it and we said, like, a thing is going to happen? Yeah. yeah, the thing happened. Well, the, the, this was the, there was a bunch of books this week that I was like, oh, that's fucked up. And, yeah. And that, this ended on a, wow, that's fucked up. No, like we've, the Mighty has been a series where we've known that this superhero um, is, is something's wrong with him. We've known yeah. it from the, very, from the very first issue. Something's off with this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, with every issue, it's happened a little bit more and more until this one where it's just, you're just like, oh. But they've given you enough to doubt that suspicion. <laughs> Like, you know, they have him hanging out and, and uh, there's, there's basically there's a there's one superhero in the world, Alpha One, and then he's sort of the head of this big police force, uh, sort of. And the main character in this book is the head of that police force as he gets to know the ropes because his predecessor died. Um, you know, this I really think this is going to be one of those books that doesn't make a lot of waves and sales, but it's like one of those trades that people are going to talk about for a really long time. And it's so weird because it's a regular DC title. It's not Vertigo. It's not anything. But it's not in the DC universe. Um, just a great little superhero story. Like it almost feels like this would be like an Image superhero book. You know, it feels like Image or Wild Wildstorm or something. But yep. it's odd that it's put out by DC proper and, and it's not a DCU book, which is which is unusual. But that's the kind very of pull, strong. that's the kind of pull that Tomasi has. Um, great, great book. I'm really glad I started picking this one up. It was a really good issue. So, uh, New, Avenger, New Avengers Reunion, uh, issue four, finishing up the miniseries, uh, Jim McCann uh, writing and David Lopez on art. Um, uh, th- this one, this one got, got us in the gut towards the end, didn't it? Oh, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I didn't cry, but I definitely got choked up uh, <laughs> at the end. I, I wanted to make note of the, um, I don't know if there was a variant cover, but I believe I got the main cover, which had the, the logo in the middle and had both at the bottom, you know, Mockingbird and at the top Ronan walking away from their old costumes. I don't like that. Co- I, don't I wanted like that to acknowledge the, the discarded Hawkeye costume being walked away from by Ronan. Walked away. Walked away, mm. given up on. Uh. <laughs> It's just it, that's you know what that's a feint. Just like uh, they had said that this they're not going to be together in this. That was a feint. Right. Right. I don't, I don't believe anything. You keep telling yourself that. Well, well ah. the, I thought this issue was great. It had a, t- a great action sequence. Um, a, a, just so much fun to see uh, Hawkeye and Mockingbird fight together and like kind of play off each other and and yeah. the teamwork and such. Um, but I, I was really, really impressed with David Lopez's art on this issue. I thought with each, with each issue he got a little better and better. And this issue, I, I haven't been able to describe it, but I almost was able to. I think it was after reading Batman and Robin. Lopez feels like a cross between Quietly and Jamie McKelvey. In that, I think I can that. Yeah, and that, I can, in that he, I can, do, he does the little the little faces with the chins, the Matt Damon faces. But then, like especially towards the end, with the, when um, there's one point where they they you know they combine chemicals and make a and change the explosion and make it become a diamond or whatever. And that one shot of Hawkeye or Ronan or Clint on the very bottom of that page when he says it's us, that it could have mm-hmm. been McKelvey. I mean, just that clean line, like that sort of thing. So um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think watching that, like I was, I, you're definitely right. Lopez improved over the course of the series, but like you still got a little bit of that like he's kind of a newcomer at least to this kind of style um but he definitely got better i mean i'd say if anything through the whole thing he has that quietly thing where the characters all look kind of younger and smoother than you are used to um i guess once you get used to it it's fine or whatever but there were some really nice action sequences one of the things is that you know jim mccann has been around marvel forever he's still a relatively new writer at this but there was all sorts of really good things in this. It wasn't just good because the relationship st- stuff between them was good. There was, like you said, there was also this big action sequence. It was a big, like, sci-fi chemical explosion explanation. Like, it just felt very comic booky. You know, th- there was all sorts of little things going for it. If, if anything, if I had any things that I don't love about it, it, the sort of the dialogue is a little quippy for me. Like, it's sort of cutesy the way that they go back and forth all the time. But, it works, wrong. but it works with these characters. No, it totally does. It's supposed to be the romantic comedy sort of thing. I thought both of them got better as each of you went along. Yeah, I thought, definitely. Totally. I thought it was a lot stronger um, story-wise and art-wise by the end. The only thing that bugs, that bugs me, and this is totally not normal for me, but it's like it doesn't fit in with any other Marvel books in terms of these two characters. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. You know? Like, they, they're not portrayed this way. She's still in her old costume. Like, it's still – it's like – 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that didn't bug me at all, but that's all I would think about as I read it was like, this doesn't fit with any other books. And that, you know, that's all that all said, though. I loved the end of this book. I was so like I was like it put me exactly where he wanted to put me. You know, I, I was just like, yeah. And, and it definitely positioned, you know, that, you know, like if they try to, if they do a WCA book or whatever like that, there <laughs> it is. There's your team. There's, you know, like that's, you know, like I could see that being done. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, great job, stuff. great, great miniseries. So. Yeah, I mean, for you know, like I love that character, and 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 it was it was very worthy of it. it you know, it wasn't milk toast. It was good. Uh, Clint Barton. Right, Ronan. I believe right. he likes the Ronan. Costume. I've never, and I'm not going to. At so the very it's, end you know. of the issue, when um they're in the plane, they're going on their next mission, and uh and Mockingbird says Ronan. I saw that. Yeah, it was yeah. a typo. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> the letter was asleep at the wheel there. Apparently, I love that, I love that, I love that we finally got something on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of uh, letters being asleep at the wheel, <laughs> did you, you like that? Did you guys uh, check out Ultimate Spider-Man one thirty-three? Uh, of course, I did. yeah. It's the last issue. Corey Pettit, yeah, did a, so- Corey Pettit did a great job. Is he actually credited? He is credited. He is credited. <laughs> even, though, even though above it it says this is a silent issue, but it does say Corey Pettit letterer. <laughs> Huh. What did you do? Did the title page? I guess. All right. That's yeah. nice. You get paid full rate for that? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't know it was a silent issue until about three quarters of the way. I really need to read that first page. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> I didn't know it was a silent issue until I got about three quarters of the way through. I'm like, oh, it's a silent issue. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. All, it was all right. It wasn't bad. It, it was neat for what it was, but I, you know... It was. It's also not the end. If you're thinking this is the last issue, I think there's a couple of "quote unquote" requiem issues. Yeah. Right. Yes. That are left well, this is the last. The last numbered, like the numbered. I know, numbered. which is kind of crazy. You know, it'd be and awesome. I like. No, it'd be I awesome. kind of bought it because I have the 132 previous. Right. More than anything. <laughs> well, I mean, so 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 we don't we don't know if Peter's dead or not. All we know is that. Well, it's the classic. It's the classic thing. There's no body, so of course they can easily bring him back in a, a myriad you, you of ways. You know, it'd be great is if they if they bring this back with the with the creepy girl Peter Parker as Ultimate Spider-Man. Ugh. I think they should. That'd be awesome. But why? Why does Kitty hate her? I, I don't know. That did happen in this. Like she looked up, was like, "Oh, hey, I know you," and then she went to hug her, and then she phased through her. Yeah. I read that page. Those I read them. I, I went through those pages a few times trying to figure it out, but I don't remember what their problem was. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall either. I don't know if, whether Kitty knew that this one existed or not. Mm, I don't know. I guess if you look over and you see a girl that looks exactly like your boyfriend or ex or ex-boyfriend. Yeah. 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 Mm. It was. It was. It was, uh, it was okay. I, I, I thought I, the silence treatment did, was really good for the what the story was, which was it didn't. You didn't need the words. You didn't. Yeah. That's true. And, and so, also, it was so what you wouldn't expect from Bendis. Yeah. So opposite what his, you know, he's he's wordy. So yes. conducting any words was a nice, like, oh, hello. And then you had to really focus on the storytelling and the art. And the, yeah. and that was really strong. I thought it was a good, I mean, you don't really need him running around yelling Peter. I thought it was more powerful to not see the words. No, it's totally you know, true. I think it's, it's one of those things, though, if you got it and you felt like you were kind of gypped by it for whatever reason. Like, go back through and look at the pages and, like, actually look at what the storytelling is doing and look at the places where he chooses to skip a lot of action in between as opposed to showing every step of something happening. It's like focusing the, a different set of storytelling muscles for the writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about how that gets done, at least from a mechanical standpoint. I always like to see stuff like this. Um, what are the by the way, and this is – I'm sorry. FDU? Uh, nothing to do with almost anything. You know the, the ad for Captain America 600 in here? Yes. Who whose art is that? I love whatever that style is on that girl Bucky. I can forgive the fact that it's girl Bucky. Why I'm do just, we keep bringing girl Bucky up? Wow, girl just, Bucky! Wow. I don't know what that style is, but that that looks awesome. It does look good. It does look good. That's great art right there. To me, I'm a million people out there going, "Screw you, David Finch." All right. Fine. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, yeah. So, girl Bucky's coming. Um, I was just gonna say, uh, what are the odds that uh, Spider-Man's uh, mask would float by Kitty in in Manhattan? Well, I, I that's storytelling. I know, I know, but it's it's, geez, what are the odds? Well, the thing is that they what you don't know because you couldn't hear them talking is there. Hey, let's go to that place where he always hangs out. Oh right, okay, I got gotcha. you. They went there, and that's because that's where he leaves his spare mask. 
right, so I uh, want to tell everybody about audible.com. Um, if you obviously like to listen to podcasts, which means that you have an, an iPod or some sort of MP3 playing device, so why not listen to audiobooks? Um, if you want to listen to an audiobook, uh, good chance that Audible has it uh, with over 60,000 titles in virtually every genre, including a ton in the science fiction and, and fantasy kind of areas. Um, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to find a book that you'd want to, that you're looking for. If you commute to work, you know, whether it be on a train or subway or in a car or something like that, Audible's a great way to pass the time. Um, and what's great is that we have a special ex- exclusive offer for you from Audible. Um, you can get a free audiobook and a free 14-day trial today ju- or tomorrow <laughs> just by signing up at uh, www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash iFanboy. If you go there, you sign up, you get your free audiobook, you can try out the service. It's great. It, you know, you can download them, put them right into your iTunes, put them onto your, onto your iPod or whatever MP3 playing device, and you're you're off to the races listening to books. Uh, this week, uh, Josh has uh, Josh has a pick for us. Uh, Josh, what book did you pick? Yeah, I picked Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell by Susanna Clark. Um, it's 30 t- 32 hours. <laughs> it's, it's more than a day. It's a big book. Yeah. Um, I've listened to this one. It's one of my favorite books. And after I read the book, I went back and listened to it. It's one of my one of my favorite uh, Audible books that I've ever listened to. So, cool. big big fan. So uh, a lot of a lot of booking. Yeah. Yes. So go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy. You can get the 14 day free trial. You get the free audiobook. You can get Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell if you want, or you can get another book, whatever you want. So uh, audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy. And thank you to Audible for for sponsoring us. This is the first time I've been on the show when Irredeemable has been out. Oh wow. And uh, I know once it was the writer's show, once yeah. it was when I was away. Now, so what do you now here I am. I really like this book a lot. It's quickly becoming one of my favorites. Um, Mark Wade is back finally after 52 broke him. Yeah. And I, I love that this is so not a Mark Wade book. Yeah. It's so dark, and it's again, it's another one of those books that was fucked up this week. Oh, the, 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 the opening was just, oh. <laughs> it's just uh, the, the opening and the end. Yeah. I wonder how you look in a, in a wig. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Yep. <laughs> this is this is continuing. Can you continuing the story of Crazy Superman or the Superman um, replacement in this world? And it's just he finds interesting ways to to, to show how screw, like in this issue the villains all congregate in in the Batman character's hideout, thinking that he would never find them there, and he's already were they, there. Were they villains or were they like C list C list heroes? I thought they look. They seem like villains to me. Oh, I thought they were like I thought they were like B or C list heroes. Yeah, I got mixed up on that too. Yeah, uh-huh. that's that's the one tough thing is that when you've got this whole universe of people, and we don't really know who they are. I don't quite know whose side is what or whatever. But um, I thought they were villains because they all had files on them, and they all and the way the heroes talked about them wasn't oh, as true. allies. And then I'm looking here at this one panel where the where the pink guy's talking to the white. The white guy with the domino mask, where he says, uh, "His old team for his old team, you know, apparently he's got out for his old teammates these these days." Doesn't that mean we're on the same side now? Yeah, he's okay, got villains. Yeah. All right, you might be right. I might have missed that. Okay. Right. Um, and and then it's just the way he, I love the fact that 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 not only was was the plutonium already there, but he didn't even care that they were there. Oh like, yeah, he just walked around. That, that one scene when, when he walks by with the coffee was great because it because you weren't quite sure whether or not it was a like a flashback or yeah, the, you know, exactly. some sort of thing. And then then when he does acknowledge them, I was like, oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So. I love how I love this book. I love how screwed up it is. I love it's a whole new side of Mark Wade. Although he did a little bit of it in Empire and the, yeah. um, some other stuff, but it was a, it's a really dark side of him that he does really well. And it was I just love every issue. I like this book more. Sometimes I wonder how Connor would look in a wig. Oh, oh. creepy! <laughs> that first scene, I was like that 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 is the definition of fucked up. That scene was badass. That was great. So <laughs> just say it. Oh, save uh. me. <laughs> Mm. Oh God! So, um, Astro City: The Dark Age, Book Three, Issue Number Two came out, and uh, I love me some Astro City. That's for sure. I had a little epiphany that, with this one, and well, you know, like Dark Dark Ages book, whatever. This has been going on a long. It's time. It's going on a long time. <laughs> it is. But I was looking at the cover of this one. Just take a look at that cover. That's a great cover. Not only not only for the cover itself, but for the mustaches. Exactly. Involved. No, look, you look at the superheroes. I was like, he has sideburns yeah. coming through the mask and a big old mustache and seventies hair. Yep. And it all clicked for me when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, I know what this is now. <laughs> and I did know, but like that visual helped me understand it. Um it also like it, it made more sense to me why Brent Anderson's style like would be more sketchy and loose in this one, because it's it's a different time. It's dirtier, it's grittier. Um, I don't know. Like, I I really enjoyed this issue. I think this is one that I've enjoyed more than a lot of them because I feel like we're moving forward at least. Yeah. Before it was just stuff happening. 
Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, and we're we're watching the 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 you know the the story of the two brothers, uh, Royal and Charles Williams, and you know, I, and in terms of like the the previous other two vol or books of the Dark yeah. Age have been you know kind of more centered around the, their their desire for revenge and and Royal's kind of you know uh, adventures in crime and his brother and his being a cop. But for some reason, this story with the undercover aspect and you know and and getting a little more of the superheroes involved has been a little more exciting for me. So um, and that. That feeling of of the public not trusting the superheroes, but I mean, literally, that that cover at the beginning brought it all home for me. I was like, "That's the greatest thing Alex Ross has ever drawn." Yeah, it's a good, the Dark Ages have been great, you know, kind of breaking, yeah. you know, breaking the logo, and yeah, it's, it's great covers. So. Uh, House of Mystery number fourteen was a book that I wanted to bring up. I haven't brought it up in a while. I'll be honest, but when I pick up this book, sometimes I wonder, do I really want to keep reading this book? Um, this is the the book by Matt Sturgis about. It's a Vertigo book about like the the House of Mystery. It's this place where people from all sorts of dimensions and worlds end up, and then they can't leave. Sort of like the house in Beetlejuice. Um, it's sort of like that. And then there's a story in the middle of it. The middle, the story in the middle of this one was a, was uh, drawn by Gilbert Hernandez. Um, nice, and nice. It was about like this weird society that was sort of. It was sort of a. a, a, a I'm sorry, Israeli Palestinian. Um, comparison but there were werewolves uh, i don't know it was kind of odd but i gotta say by the time that i get to the end of every one of these issues i'm totally jazzed to see the next one i don't sort of remember that until i read through the one that comes after um but they're just fun comic books there's nothing like these out there right now um and it looks like a lot of really weird stuff is going to happen it's it's actually kind of hard to explain so i know like i'm sounding like i'm being vague but um if you read like the first one you know what I'm talking about, but it's been pretty consistently good, and I always enjoy it by the end of the issue. Cool. It's an anthology, right? Not really. No, there's there's sort of an anthology element baked into it. Like there's an ongoing story, but part of the the way that that works is uh, at the house where all these people are stuck. The currency is to tell stories, so somebody will tell a story in the middle that will. It doesn't usually the the story in the middle doesn't usually ha- have to do with the overall plot, but they, usually they bring in other people. So there's been really nice looking art in the middle of it, like the David Peterson one, for example, was was a beautiful piece of art. All right, so um, so those are some of the comics that we enjoyed this week, but that's not all of them that came out. If you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see the full list, and you can also do your pull list and then come back and uh, rate and review them. And we've got a couple of user reviews. Um, Connor, you want to give us the first one? Robin Zwanar reviewed Final Crisis Aftermath Run number two, gave a story of five out of five, and the art of five out of five, and zero point six two percent of the ifanbase picked it as their pick of the week. Which normally and- that would be a very small percentage, but given the number of people that made Batman and Robin theirs, it's probably exactly. Number- <laughs> and there was also a lot of them. If you look at the list, if you if you sort by pick of the week, there's a lot of people, a lot of a lot of books picked as pick of the week. Yeah, yeah. more than normal, which is interesting considering the, the vast majority went to one book. Yeah. And Ro- Robbie's entire review stands as they are really onto something with this Human Torch guy. I'm not <laughs> even sure where he came from before Final Crisis, if it even matters. But he is really starting to catch on with me now. So far, this series has been quite the mix of action and humor. I look forward to the next two issues. I wonder where Human Torch will land after the series is over, if he lands at all. We're going to do a find and replace on this one and say human flame. Yes. <laughs> right off. But the, the point being that uh, this, was, this was a really fun issue. I thought the last one was really fun, and I saw a lot more people feel like they were on board at the end of this one because it got really wacky at the end. I didn't it. love the first one mm-hmm. at all, but I like this one a lot. This was the third issue this week where I was like, that is fucked up. Yes, it was. It was fact, really fucked up. This had the most fucked up page of the week. Yes. <laughs> what was it? Where they, the, the human flame escapes um, – from the heroes and he finds refuge with these weird weirdo villains and they take him in and um they they knock him out and he wakes up in the midst of surgery where they're replacing his innards oh dear lord turn him into an actual human flame oh like my God. before he had been like basically like this this ridiculous uh character what's the name of the ridiculous character the one who's ta- he talks in puns uh, anyway, uh, and he goes down to this basement and there's all these ridiculous villains like the sports master and the polka dot yeah, Miss Ar- Miss Army Knife, uh, <laughs> phony baloney master of disguise. Like it's ridiculous, and there's like a Nazi guy in the middle of them, and it, you kind of think like it's going to be a joke, and then they they then like you'd flip the page, and his guts are all splayed open, and they're replacing his innards, and he's become like an actual human flame. Like he can shoot flames out of these nozzles they've they've put in his body, and it shoots out flames from his hands and his chest and, and his head, but uh. just like. There's a there's, twist. There's a full page spread where they're just his his he's just cut open like an autopsy and just it's like stuff the everywhere. it's like the unsolved mysteries with the kidney. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Uh, or the urban I legend know. or whatever, where you, you know, where you wake up in a bathtub yeah. and ice and your kidneys are gone. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the thing about this was that was cool was that along the way with both issues, like it just keeps raising the stakes over and over and over again. Like how much more screwed up can this be? And it isn't like that you have to root for the human flame. You're not trying to – you just want to see how much horrible shit can happen to them. They just keep piling on each issue, which made it fun. All right. Our next review comes from Jester with no E. That's Jess-T-R. Um, the only URL he could get. <laughs> who reviewed Jonah Hex number 44. And he gave the story a 4 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And 0.15% uh, of the iFanboy community made it their pick of the week. Again, small number, but considering – um, so Jester said about uh, Jonah Hex number 44, since this became an ongoing title, writers Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray uh, have taken the, the done-in-one approach with few exceptions. This issue marks the first part of a six-part part arc titled Six-Gun War. This issue is jam-packed with Hex's recurring characters. For example, Batlash, El Papagayo, classic Hex villain Quentin Turnbull, and my favorite, Tallulah Black. So we got I'm a little six-issue uh, arc going on, on the one-and-done stories, huh? Yeah, it's sort of like the... First of all, um, we're at 44 issues of this book. Right. I thought that would have happened. Yeah. I mean, I remember a show very early on, I think Jonah Hex number one was a pick of the week. Like one of our, like, we don't know what we're doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Who could tell though? Yeah. Um, this is just like the, the culmination of all the Jonah Hex stuff coming together in this big, uh, six part arc. Uh, I really liked was, that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I think seeing those pictures, uh, that we put up on iFanboy of, of, uh, Josh Brolin in, in in Jonah Hex garb made me like it a little. You know, I was like, ooh, I was super jazzed for it. Well, I mean, um, I also liked that there's more room to breathe. You know, I liked the one of them stories, but I also liked the fact that now we're going to get a little more time to to explore, which is nice. It's interesting right. that they're that they're doing the movie, so the movie's coming out, so you know the book will be around for until the movie comes out at least. And then um, also, if this is the first the, the first issue of a six arc six story arc, that brings us you to a big issue fifty, so right. which is kind of cool too. You know what's funny is that on this Connor, you'll know this, but like on this was the first book that made me laugh out loud this week, because the first page is like it's Jonah Hex riding down a road and some Indians just start falling next to him, and there's yes. also terrain, and he just goes, "Damn!" And you turn the page, and there's there's Indians and horses flying all over the place because the tornado is ripping through. And I was just like, "That's ridiculous." <laughs> it was raining. In, it was raining Indians. I was like, "What stuff?" Yeah, it was. <laughs> And they just but, threw every character at us. With the whole yeah, every every major character who he's, he's encountered in any kind of meaningful way in the last four years is popping up, or so far, or most of them have anyway. And it was that, I like that. I like that sort of coming together. He's it's sort of like a reckoning for Jonah X. Yeah, totally fun. So cool good art, real good art. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and do your polls and do your ratings and leave a review and maybe we'll read one on the next show. Uh, cool. Uh, we take a quick moment right now and um, talk to you about the iFanboy memberships. Um, the reason that we do this is because we need to uh, pay for things. Um, I, an iFanboy membership is a way that you can help give back if you like the content that we provide. It's always going to be free. It's always going to stay free. But if you feel like you can kick in and help support the, the show and the site and all that stuff and help us out, um, then we very much appreciate it. We do have a goal, and we are we are not there. Um, and that will have real impact on stuff uh, in, in the future. So you know, keep that in mind if it's something that you've, you've meant to be doing. Um, we ask the sort of the cost of one crappy comic book a month. Uh, you know, four bucks a month. If you stop buying something you don't really like and you just could send that our way, we would really much appreciate that. Or you can do $4 a month, or you can do $42 a yeet just in a one one shot um, and that'll get you an iFanboy prize pack a, uh, a a comic book one comic book it could be anything the the anticipation alone about that should make it worth it um, some stickers some buttons stuff like that and our undying gratitude you can also join at the higher level which is $10 a month or $100 a year you don't have to but if you can and you feel like it then we certainly appreciate that that will get you a special edition iFanboy members t-shirt um, and any member uh, among you uh, could be eligible for the giveaways that we're doing. Um, we've got uh, big giveaway coming up in in just a week or so, right? I forget what the date we put on it's it was. Actually, if you if you become a member by June twelfth, uh, <laughs> five p.m. Eastern time, uh, that will make you eligible. If you're not a member yet, so you've got a, you got about a, a little less than a week to do it. Do it by Friday, June twelfth. That will put make you eligible to win. Uh, we've got a couple of prizes. The uh, grand prize is that uh, one winner will win uh, the Walking Dead compendium, that big brick of Walking Dead, which mm. is quite awesome. 
in addition to that, you will also win uh, two Joe Casey books signed by the man himself. What books are they, Josh? Godland Volume 1 and Nixon's Pals, and there's going to be also another set of those two books for without the Walking Dead thing. So there'll be two winners of, of, of those two prize packs. Right. Um, great books, but also, you know, Joe signed his. And, and so it's stuff like that. Somebody else got an got a all-red page. The thing is, we're, com- you know, we're going to San Diego, and um, we know a lot of people at this point. So there's going to be some cool shit. I'm not, you know, totally not kidding about that. Um, but more important, it's it's about if you guys can help support the site. If this if this whole thing means something to you, then we really appreciate it. And the more people who who can be part of it, the less we have to do talking about it like this. Um, but it is something we have to do, and we thank everybody. So get to ifanboy.com/store to to check those out. And thank you very much, everybody. So, uh, Josh, you 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 had the book of the month this month, didn't you? Yeah, I'm just talking and talking and talking today. Um, how is that any different? <laughs> all sticky jokes for me. Um, when the book of the month comes up, the worst thing in the world to do is have to figure out what it is if you have no idea. This time it was pretty easy. About a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I Kill Giants, the trade paperback came out. Um, and and I, don't, I do not remember a time in recent history when the ending of an indie series made as much, as, as much impact as, as it did. It's just a seven-issue uh, mini that came out from from image and you know like you heard people all over the place like i was crying on the bus i i it's a very good book ron <laughs> and you like you you were over the moon about this thing so oh yeah it, it punched me in the gut it was just great it was wonderful um, you know to say it's been anticipated is 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 an understatement i think that the polls on this one were in the 200s and like the last couple before this were you know barely broke the 20s I think. Um, so people were really into this book, and it, it came out. It was a good time, and I was really looking forward to get my hands on it. And, you know, I was, I was just as impressed as everybody else. Um, I've been saying it lately that I think that we need to be dope testing Joe Kelly. <laughs> dope is in steroids, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. Whatever he wants to do in the privacy of his own home is fine. But like, I think the guy is juicing. He, I mean, the guy, he's been around for, for at least a decade, um, and he's done good comics. Um, but, but lately, just between, you know, he's doing great stuff with Amazing Spider-Man. He's doing Four Eyes. He's, you know, this I Kill Giants. He's got a hundred other series, you know, that are going on. And th- this story is is... I had a really hard time writing the review because it's hard to say what it is without either giving it away or making it sound boring. And, that, and so that, I had that, that, that's really the challenge with it because it is not it's not a superhero story. I mean, it is an indie book, but it's not like an indie book. You know what I mean? Like in quotes, you know? Um, yeah. Okay, so very basically, um, it's the story of this this girl. She's a fifth grader, so that makes her about 11. Her name is Barbara Thorson. She is, for all intents and purposes, a, a bit of a social outcast. She's a little angry. She's a little eccentric. And she believes very wholeheartedly and makes sure to share with other people with no embarrassment or uh, self-awareness whatsoever that she is, in fact, a giant killer. Um, so she doesn't have many friends. And there's this sort of lingering hint that there's stuff going on at home but you also are left wondering how serious she is are there really giants is this the thing that's going on is this going to turn into a supernatural book or not and and that's sort of what the story is and to me as i was thinking about it and i was reading it like i think the strongest part about this is what other character do you know that was done as strongly as barbara thorson like it's just it was such a unique character in between Joe Kelly's words that were in her mouth and, and the way that uh, Ken Nomura, you know, depicted her and her face and sort of this swaggering overconfidence, you know, in, in what is what it's really like. If you're, if you're not cool and you're in junior high or fifth grade or whatever, like life can be utterly, you know, it can be hellish. Every day is awful. And this is like this one girl's way to cope with everything. And that, to me, was one of, the, one of the cooler parts of it. And it just keeps building until you get to, I, I guess, what the crescendo of the, of the whole thing is, you know, and, and she makes a friend, and, and then that gets ruined, and, and a whole bunch of stuff. And again, like, at this point, like, I'm struggling to try not to blow stuff because it's really an experience. Well, it's 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 really a good story, and it's a good story about a girl, and it's like, and when I I wrote I did it the last issue was the pick of the week, and when I wrote about it, I was you know it's about life and loss and love and and gain gaining happiness and like all that kind of stuff in the, from the eyes of a fifth grader, and it's done so well that it's it I want to I like I I know this coming Christmas like when I want to give something to somebody I'm gonna grab this trade and give it to them. Because it's mm-hmm. an example of a of great storytelling in comic books or in kind graphic novel form, um, and that's what it bo- just boils down to. It's just it's a good story. Yeah, and it's like a one it's a one story in this volume. Hey, look at that! Ron Richards is quoted on the back. 
What did you say about it? Maybe I'll just repeat okay, that. Okay, read my quote. Uh, huh. Quote, I Kill Giants is a great comic book with an enthralling story of love, life, loss, and courage. <laughs> Have that, written, have that tattooed? This would be a title that I would gladly recommend to anyone, young or old. Encourage them to give a try and see just and just see how comics can be a serious and touching medium of story. Jesus, go on with some clauses there, buddy. If you if you weren't aware, I'm just pre-programmed without quotes, really, and I just I just I I stick to the message. It's so funny because I can't get outquoted to save my life because I talk in these abstracts, but Ron's like, I'd see it again for the first time. It's like cats. Saw books left and right. I didn't know that until after I bought it. I was like, hey, who's on the back here? Oh, that's the guy from the board. Oh, that's Ron. <laughs> also Humphrey Lee. Uh, just it's a really it's a great story. And and one of the things is that that you can tell when you're reading this is um we say this a lot, is that you can see the love in it, but this is clearly a project that came from a personal place. Uh, we've talked to Joe Kelly on the – Joe Casey did not write this, by the way. Joe Kelly on the uh, uh, video show a couple times, and he said, you know, this is a story that he's had for a while, and he waited for the right person to do it. And, and what's neat about uh, Ken Nomura is that uh, he is um, – he's of Asian and Spanish descent. And I don't think that there's a better way to describe the art style in this. It is totally a combination of a manga-esque style with like a, a European sensibility. Yeah, see, there's, an out, there's an out quote. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> About the art, no less. My God, I'm getting good at this. Um, you know, like he draws this little girl in her world with, with this really just sketchy simplicity that totally evokes all the emotions that you want out of a given scene but then there's scenes later where he has to draw the giants that we've been talking about now that's as much as i want to explain about it but like the pages don't look like anything else and they're huge and they're epic and it's really it's really good you know it's just really well done it's skillful and it's passionate um you know it's all it's everything you'd want in a in a in a comic book Um, another i'll quote (laughs) look at that wow apparently apparently it's rubbing off (laughs) <laughs> uh, way to go, Richards. So uh, if you go to ifanboy.com and look at the top, you can see Josh's full review of the book of the month, and you can read all about it and, and discern what outquotes you need for your use. <laughs> <laughs> I can be reached at josh at ifanboy.com for all media needs. <laughs> you, you can get this month's book of the month, which is I Kill Giants, for 47% off at in-stock trades, which is $10.07. No reason not to. None. There, none. It's a seven-issue story for $10. So Can't do better than that. That's nothing. Where do you go for that? For in, at in stock trades, they have up to thirty seven percent off all their books with free shipping on orders over fifty dollars and over fifty four hundred trade paperbacks are in stock and available for order right now. They they list the new releases every Wednesday and the orders usually ship within forty eight hours from when you time time to make your purchase. All of that's available at instocktrades.com. Ten dollars for this thing there. And what's really you cool cannot pass that up. What's really cool on the trade is if you hold it in the light, there's a little surprise in the ink. So what does is that it- mean? Acid? What? No, there's, there's like there's like that. They did the same color printing on the red part, and if you hold and it, ice. you can see something. So yeah, it's neat. It's a little surprise for you. So here's one, by the way, that this was hard to get for a while. Like it, it like people under ordered, and I think people bought it a lot. Um, so get don't wait, can. get it. All right, on to, on to the email. Uh, I will read the first one because I'm sure people are loving my voice. Tuquan writes in and said, "I picked up Wolverine '72." He actually said The Wolverine 72, and I have to say that Miller is amazing, exclamation points. Uh, It seems that McNiven can turn a small fight scene into an epic. I'm really looking forward to the conclusion of Old Man Logan, exclamation point. I have a question for you all. Between Bendis, Kirkman, and Miller, who would you guys consider the best? Only between those three? Apparently. I did. I figured it would end up with a lot of of posting fodder. Okay. Because who's the best? Best in terms of what? They all write differently. You you have to make the call. Yeah, you can only pick one writer: Bendis, Kirkman, or Miller. Who would you Who would you purchase? Who would well, in terms of just sheer volume of stuff I've bought and enjoyed, it would be Bendis. He writes he writes the most prolifically, and he writes the most I mean, well. But I like all three of them. It's not like say a guy say a book comes out today, and you've got you have three dollars, and there are three books that come out today, and you can only buy one of them. You don't know anything about it, but all you know is the person who wrote it. Which one would you go for? Probably probably Bendis. Or here, how about this? Say you're in a skyscraper that's been taken over by German terrorists, and yep. they're going to let all the hostages go, but you have to choose one writer who gets it. Who gets shot? Yeah. Miller. So I don't, I don't get to crawl through the, the spaces and – Oh, no. Uh, you, could, you do that for about an hour and a half, but ultimately it comes, right. the, the crescendo is where you have to pick who lives and who dies. Do I have to run through the, the, the sheet of glass with no shoes on? Uh, no. We, well, it's up to you. Uh, you can have your stuntman. All right. Yeah. Um, 
Who gets shot? That's a different question. I'm not answering that question. You're asking who would you would like to have killed? Yes. Yeah. Like who of these is the most expendable? Yeah. Who could wow. you live without? I'm kidding. Don't answer that. So you say Bendis? Yeah, just for purely he's written the most that I've enjoyed. I'm, it's hard to find something by him I haven't enjoyed, whereas I, I like them all. I don't, there's nothing, that's my Kirkman. Well, Kirkman wrote – Why do we have to choose? I yeah, like Ultimate, Sp- Ultimate X-Men, but nobody wrote that well. I mean, they're all good. I like them all for different reasons. They all reasons. wrote Ultimate X-Men. That's the other thing they have in common. They all wrote it, wrote it, and failed. I don't know. Actually, the Bendis issues were pretty good. Ah, eh, they were all right. Anyway, um, I would choose Bendis too, but I like them all, so eh. I'd probably go with Kirkman. Ah, interesting. I'd say my favorite series that have come out, sort of new ones, at least at least in the last few years, I've I've connected more with the Kirkman series. Yeah. Except that um, when, I, when we talked about writers that one night, you went on and on about Bendis and how you loved his voice and you I, couldn't get enough I of it. I do love Bendis's voice, but um, his writing voice, not his actual voice, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, lines. hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> huh? I don't know. Um, and he makes fun of other people's voices. Yes, so. and I'm sure he makes fun who's, of ours. Who's he making fun of Brian Vaughn? Come on. Hey. <clears throat> hey. Uh-huh. Oh, look, what's this? It's another check? Oh. Um, they don't listen. So, um, <laughs> or do they? They won't anymore. Um, you know, right. it, Bendis is really important to me as a person. Like I came, I, I came up reading him. I learned a lot from him. But I do feel like he hasn't done anything in a while that really made me – feel anything like i wish like i would love to see a new creator owned series from him or something that's because you're dead inside yeah <laughs> it's true. to make me feel anything you blame him for hawkeye yeah Not like ronan, this. ronan all right our next email comes from sin muse in colorado springs who says what's up i have a question about the comic dmz I recently started reading it in trades and loved the first two. The third was not as awesome, but still good. Anyway, when I picked up the third trade, the guy at my comic store warned me that the series takes a dramatic nosedive to suck. He said that it becomes dull and boring, as well as an anti-Bush bash leftist rant. He told me that the boys would, would be a good comic to replace it with. I do like DMZ so far, but I'm not a wealthy man. I can't afford many comics. I don't want to spend what little I have on a mediocre comic. I was wondering what you guys thought about DMZ and if my comic guy is opinionated or generally true. I tend to trust you guys more than him. If it does start getting lame, would the boys be a good replacement? Ah, uh, that's a tough Comic one. Comic guy is uh, yeah, off. Yeah, a little bit. I- I'll be honest that DMZ started out really strong and then did get a did get a little meandering with the whole Parco election stuff like that. But it's you know it's gonna end. I mean we're we're coming we're we're get cu- wrapping around into the the last curve. You know almost. Um, so- I follow that with a says you. Yeah, <laughs> I really like the Parco stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I, I it's a logical it. extension of the story. Okay. Yes. It isn't the same. You're absolutely right. It does change, but it, it had to, yeah. I think, in a way. And, I, you know, personally, I dropped the boys. I don't, honestly, I don't see any connection between those two books. Yep. I mean, one who likes one may not necessarily care a thing about the other one, so I, I, I wouldn't go with that. Um, you know, as far as it being have a, having DMZ having a political viewpoint, it's, it's no secret where Brian Wood stands, and he hasn't kept it out of his work. It's a political so, book. It's about politics. Exactly. Um, and it's sort of everybody's. I mean, there's there's no good politicians in that book. So I, it sort of depends on what you bring to it and how you read it. I think your baggages. Yes. Um, I wouldn't give up on it. I've enjoyed that book all the way through. Um, there's been six trades of them. I've loved them all. Yep. It's just it started off in one way. It's a story about uh, the war breaking out in the United States and the DMZ being Manhattan Island, and then it, the war can't last forever. So at some point, the, the fighting stops, and they move to trying to govern this area. It's not that we were in the governing period, and it just its story morphs along with the, the lives of the characters. It's not construction. Be the same thing. And, right. and that said, in addition, I mean, one argument for the boys, less from a story side, more on art side, is that I love Derek Robinson's art, but at the same side, uh, the uh, Ricardo Bercelli as well as the other artists that have been on DMZ have been so much fun to see. So I don't know. I'm getting something out of DMZ from an art side as well, so mm. I would stick with it. That's just me. Yep, me too. It also depends on what you. I mean, there's so many factors here. If you like Arthenis' stuff, if you don't, I mean, if you, I don't know. Okay, well, if you have any questions uh, for us, you can shoot us an email at contact at ifanboy.com, or you can call our voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. We didn't do any voicemails this week, but we'll get you next week. And when you call in, make sure to keep it to thirty seconds and tell us who you are and where you're from. Word. Check out ifanboy.com. You can read you can read everything I wrote. You can read my pick of the week review. You can read my book of the month review. 
You can read the thing I wrote about rereading. And apparently some other people put stuff up too. So good stuff with them. There are all sorts of, of, of great things on that website. There's, there's podcasts and special edition podcasts and the, back, uh, the backlog of all the video shows we've done. Hundreds of things. So every time you're thinking, oh, I wish I had something to read, go there and check out the podcast. You'll find other new stuff. Um, get to ifanboy.com slash about. You'll find links to the, all the social network stuff of, of me and Ron and Connor and, and Jim and Sonia and Mike. And um, I'm missing Paul. some Paul. Of course, Paul. Oh Jesus! Now he's going to be sad. No. no. Well, he doesn't like Starman. Anyway, <laughs> uh, go there and remember. Get to ifanboy.com/store uh, for memberships and, and 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 other stuff like the the shirts. While you're at the store, you get the Power Responsibility shirt, which is our new limited edition shirts available for ordering now. And if you missed out on the Herm shirt and you don't want to miss on this one, you better get on it because they're still flying off the shelves. And in addition to that, you can go to revision3.com/store to get the original iFanboy intern t-shirt, which is still available. And don't forget, also go to iFanboy.com forward slash Amazon, where you can do all your you know, Amazon CD, DVD, video game, book purchases, and it helps us out. Be sure to go to iFanboy.com forward slash Amazon. Ron, do you want to talk about the video show? Sure. If you go to, if you go to iFanboy.com every Wednesday, um, there's a new episode of iFanboy the Video Show. You can also go to revision3.com forward slash iFanboy, and you get it there. You can get it on iTunes. You get it on TiVo. You get it on YouTube, wherever you like to watch a video. Um, this past week, uh, I don't remember what the show was. It was uh, the Viewer's Choice. It was the Viewer's Choice show, right, the hotly debated viewers choice show where where we uh, we asked you what we should be reading and we talked about Deadpool and uh, and Secret Six and what was it, the other- it was the show that made sure that when I finally do meet Gail Simone it will be as awkward as possible yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> And uh, this coming Wednesday, you're going to want to tune in to check out um, uh, autobi- autobiography autobiography yeah. books. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be a fun one. Um, so go to ifanboy.com every Wednesday to check that out. Uh, like we said, if you want to email us, that's contact at ifanboy.com. If you want to send us a voicemail, that's 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Let us know who you are because we like to know your name. We like to keep it personal, where you're from, and uh, try to keep it sort of short. Don't ramble on forever because we can't use it. And finally, you can write us a review on iTunes. That helps people find the show for this show and for the video show. We thank everyone who's done so already, and we, we'd encourage everyone to do so. It really helps us out. And even better than that is to tell your friends who like comics or don't like comics or really don't even know what a comic is or never heard one, even though they've been to see Iron Man and the Dark Knight and love them. Those people suck. Um, now, for those of you playing at home or keeping track on Twitter or whatever might know that I'm currently in New York right now as opposed to San Francisco, and i got to say it is damn hot. Uh, yes. I, I held out the entire show, but my, I didn't bring any shorts because I don't really need shorts in San Francisco, and yet here I wish I did. I'm thinking of cutting this, the legs off my jeans. What did you do? What did you do with your shorts? Did you forget about what the East Coast was like? Have you I, well, I didn't long? know. It's early June. I didn't know it would be this hot. It's hot. You, oh, yeah, it's you, you got a job. Drop by the Gap. Get a pair of shorts. Come so on, man. Hot. Until next hmm. week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh. I didn't have anything there, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs>